On this episode of Kitchen Table Netrunner, we review the latest news from Nisei, check in on how Tristan's doing in the Stimhack Online Cash Refresh Tournament, talk about our first try at Terminal Directive, and review the new Core 2019 Runner cards. Stick around. Welcome to episode two of Kitchen Table Netrunner. I'm Tristan. I'm Nicole. And welcome back. This is so exciting. We're still doing a podcast. What do you think? Well, you know, we're pretty good, like, first and second. We'll see. Third and fourth. Okay, let me know, like, what's the what's the magic number where we know that we're really doing this? I don't know. How many of our uh, YouTube videos did we make? None. Well, okay. I mean, we didn't publish them, but... No, we, I mean, because we... Couldn't get the video editing figured out. Okay, well then I guess we're on a roll. Yeah. So, <laughs> exciting feedback. So first of all, had over 30 listens to the first episode. That is more than I expected. I don't know about you. I am impressed. Also, I got an email this morning that said that we were ranked number four among gaming and hobby podcasts in France on iTunes, because now we're on iTunes, too. Yeah, all those French words. Um, So that's exciting. We got some feedback on the first episode that would have been better if if we were better at Netrunner and could say more important things, (laughs) more impressive things about it uh, that help people be better. Oh, one day, hopefully. Yep. You're on a journey with us, people. The other thing was about the audio quality and, you know, background noise. So... We have learned a lot about audio production. Well, I'd say as, as much you as you have, as much as you can learn in two weeks. And uh, so we're hoping that this is better. We got a new laptop, which we we're going to do anyway. It's not like it was just to produce Netrunner content and uh, doing the audacity thing. So hopefully this sounds classier and, you know, we'll see what else we can do to keep that up. So that's exciting. Thanks for all the feedback. Keep it coming. Appreciate everything that we've heard. We we also, I don't know if you knew this, we have two subscribers. Hooray! Yeah, so people actually care. You know, they want to say, like, let's do it. Uh, Let's hear when you make something new. I want to know about it. And and I know at least one person downloaded and installed the Podbean app just so they could listen to our podcast. Like, that's commitment, right? If you're going to, like, someone's going to download an app for you. It's a big deal. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about some news stories. They're on Nisei.net. Since the last time we had an episode, the first was about, it was a community segment about Code Marvelous from the East Coast. And he's a big, you know, he does the day job where he, he films himself playing Netrunner for an hour before he goes to work. He'll try out new decks. Okay. And I don't know if you know this, but I once played Code Marvelous on Jinteki.net. I have heard the story. Okay. Well, now you're making me not want to tell it. Well, they haven't heard the story. Okay, fair enough. So I, I was playing against him because he had an open game, and I was like, well, it's been like four seconds, so I feel like maybe I don't want him to just be hanging there. So I joined the game, and I told him it was an honor. And he, ever classy, said that it was, in fact, an honor to be playing against me, which I thought was <laughs> nice. And he was playing this Chaos Theory deck, and... I don't even know what happened because he, in like five turns, had drawn like 30 cards and installed 20 of them. And it was just unbelievable. <laughs> and I had no chance. And I later, I read on the Slack that he was playing this Chaos Theory deck all night and listening to Britney Spears and having a wild time and had not lost a single game. So I was part of this uh, crazy night of his. That oh. is pretty crazy. Yep. So the second article from Nisei was just uh, a like a fan profile of Sanjay and Craig, not the Sanjay who's running the uh, Cash Refresh, but uh, Sanjay from Europe. And that was pleasant. They're, next, they're also looking for translators. There's an article about that. They're trying to keep up the support for Netrunner into all the languages that FFG had supported, and maybe even some new ones if there's people out there. Are you going to volunteer to help translate? 
I'm not really sure what I would translate it to. You were speaking French at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah. Well, as much as I keep trying to learn French, my high school French isn't going to get me very far. Fair enough. We could just like go to Paris for an extended amount of time and then I could learn French much more easily. Maybe you should make a podcast about that. I would listen to it. Perhaps. All right. Then there was an article about an event that has been an annual event in the UK called Gaming versus Cancer, where it's a it's a fundraiser where you, they, people show up and they raise money to play games and have some prizes, but it's mostly just like a charity tournament. So that they are they have in the past raised thousands of dollars or a couple thousand dollars for cancer research. That's pretty cool. Yeah, just get to play games and like help people with cancer. I think you also have to bring money, right? That's like that like the playing of the games doesn't actually help the people. I know. I know. Not that naive. Okay. Uh, and then the big news article, which we'll be talking about a little bit later, was the core twenty nineteen announcement. Which we knew was coming, but the uh, actual the actual content of it was pretty consequential. I think you'll I'm have very some feelings. excited. Yeah. Alright. So I wanna talk a little bit about how the cash refresh tournament's gotten for me. Yeah, you should do that. So this is the end of the week two, uh, and I am currently two out of four. So here's how it went. The first game, so I'm on Scorpios. I've got some secrets that I would we can talk about after the tournament, but the first game I had a, a tight win uh, against a Freedom Kamalo deck where the last point I was able to use my Atlas counter to bring a hostile takeover out of my deck and score that seventh point. It's pretty pretty snug. Otherwise, I think that things would have gone pretty bad. There. That seems like a pretty rad move. Well, if you have, you know, getting to six points was the tricky part. Well, I know. I just think that that was a pretty sweet move. Thank you. Yeah. And then the second game I got, I was playing against Asmari, and I got blown out. A lot of, like, on-encounter effects from ice, right? So it was things like... Uh, the Data Raven or Turnpike or Tollbooth, they were really just slowing me down. And so I could break the ice, but that wasn't the point. And often there, there wasn't, right? Like you can, if you, you can break Tollbooth, but like that's not, that doesn't necessarily help you because it's still expensive. And I, I had been accumulating these virus counters on Yusuf and Data Sucker. I had tons of them. I had like 11 of them between the two. And I was, again, with my Reyna deck, I was like, wow, I really wish I was Freedom. That would have been helpful. <laughs> so I felt kind of kind of lame there. I don't know. I just, my competitive side on, on Runner is just not as good. I'm not, I haven't quite figured that piece out. So the round two, I was um, playing against Freedom again. And I, my opening hand was, I think my opening hand was two hostile takeovers and like two pieces of ice. And I was like, well, I guess I'll just keep this. This seems reasonable. And I think my first or second card I drew is my third hostile takeover. So I turn, yeah. So I got also, yeah, one of the pieces of ice was an archer, right? So I was like, well, not only is this like some free points, but also some nasty, nasty ice. And I actually got, I think all straight, straight seven, nothing because the runner just kept digging, but he could not get, find a way past the archer. And the archer was on, I think, yeah, I had one on my remote and one on... Oh, you had two archers. Yeah, I eventually got a second archer, even. I, oh, and wow. I, I don't remember if I even had to res it or if it was just, like, too oppressive. Huh. Yep. And then I, secondly, was playing against New Angeles Soul. Because New Angeles Soul is an ID that you don't hear about very often, where whenever you steal or score an agenda, the, the corp can play a current. They can play it out of archives or HQ, and they have to pay for it, but they can still get to play it. And so... The default, what I was expecting was, and it was, in fact, there's a surveillance sweep where the runner has to pay for traces first, which is really bad. Like, it completely changes the game. Right. And uh, especially when that, and this is the part of the extrapolation I didn't do, I knew I didn't want to do that, but especially when they have surveyor on their scoring remote, because that is a nasty, that is a nasty trace, right? Trace for two tags, traced on the run. So my plan was I had to modify my deck. I had a, I had a regular plan for my deck, and I had to patch in some currents. They were itinerant protesters, which don't do anything, right? They do bad things to corpse with bad publicity, but my plan was just to have one, play it, and run when I needed to. So because 
I had to patch my my deck to play against Soul. I named the deck Soul Patch. You're such a nerd. Yeah, I know. And I still did not win, even though I knew it was coming. And like I was like, okay, I, twice I got the itinerant protesters, and I was like, run after breaking the current. So the scoring remote was a raven on the outside, and then a pop-up window, and then some unres piece of ice, and then a surveyor. Right? So the surveyor is strength eight already. And the game was 2-2, and I, you know, he installed double advance, and I was like, okay, I gotta grab this. This is, the, this is the time. So I took a tag, and I was one credit short of being able to break the Data Raven subroutine and get all the way through. So I took the tag and let them win with the Raven counter. I let them take that subroutine and win that trace. And I broke the Surveyor, and it was an NGO front. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that was lame. I probably should have held back and waited on that one. And I looked, I looked over to the side because one of the kids was talking to me. And I looked back at the game and I had lost because they had a high profile <laughs> target and they just kept around just in case. Just so, yeah. That's a heck of a card, by the way. Heck of a card. So I need to, I need to figure out how to run competitively. Maybe your corp game needs to, needs to get better so we can give me some real practice. I don't know. We need some more corp IDs. Maybe. I just, I don't know. There's something about, even when people are playing the regular ones, or the, the ones that we've already had a lot of experience with, I just don't get it. I feel like, like you need to go to meetups more. That makes sense. That because, makes sense. like, I don't know. The two of us can play each other, but we also kind of know each other's tricks a little bit, and, and like, body language, so it might, that might also sway it a little. That makes sense. Yeah. And there's just no body language on JinTechie.net. So I'm decidedly middle of the pack. Well, that's better than bottom. Yeah, last time I, I shot up meteorically, and then and then I got too close to the sun and and uh, and crashed. It was pretty bad. So hopefully this time I can I can stay consistent or maybe do a little bit better. See how that goes. All right, next section. So we have been here since revised core and have been going forward, and we're expecting that to be like a thing, and then letting rotation catch up to us. Right. And then Netrunner died. Yeah. Or was murdered, depending on how you want to take it. That's fair. So we picked up all the cards that next day and decided that we wanted to explore them in a manageable way. So we kept... Yeah, we can't keep them... I can't keep them straight. I think there's 1,500 of them or something like that. Yeah. It's a big card pool. You can barely keep them straight, like the ones we have, but at least I'm familiar with them. So our decision was, what if we played backwards to catch up over time, back all the way to the lunar cycle and and the and the big boxes and all that. And so because we're we're doing Netrunner backwards, some kind of like a, a Benjamin Button situation. So tentatively calling it uh, Net Netjamin Butt Butt Runner. <laughs> You gotta say it with a little more confidence there. Nutjamin Buttrunner. <laughs> Name oh. subject to change. Again, super nerd. Right, thanks. You need like a cape or something. That's, ri- that's ridiculous. Okay, so back to Nutjamin Buttrunner. So we started on Terminal Directive. Indeed. Which I've also heard people say is a great way to... Like after you're after you're like familiar with the core, after you play it for a while, it's like a great way to expand your your netrunner acumen and like kind of learn a bit more about the game, expand the card pool, that kind of stuff. Hmm. So could be. If you haven't played Terminal Directive, I think it's still available on Amazon for regular price, which is cool. And it's not just cards. No. So there's a story. There's a story. It's it's a campaign. Yeah. So you play through it. It's kind of like. A legacy game. We played Pandemic Legacy Season 1 and Season 2. Well, we started Season 2. We didn't get very far. Why is that? Because it's lame. We don't need to explore that here. Nobody cares. Okay. Fair enough. But the point is that Pandemic was already a good game. Right. And so building a legacy game on top of that was good. It made sense. And Netrunner is the best game. So... Building a campaign on top of it should be an easy win. And it's been fun. I've been enjoying it. So let's talk about how it's gone so far. 
the way we we broke it up was we decided that you would be... I'm the runner. Ayla Rahim. Yeah, so, and I am Scorpios. And so, so far we played four games. Is that it? We only played four games, yeah. And... I'm whooping your butt. So, I want to talk about that a little bit. (laughs) So, the first game you won 7-2 and uh, completed one of your objectives... The second game, I won 8-2 to two, uh, and, and completed one of my objectives, so we were feeling pretty good about that. Uh, the third game, I could not find any ice. It was a real problem. Not for me. Well, that's fair. And so you won that one 8-2. to two. And then the fourth game, I was like, okay, I need a rematch. And I lost again. Oh, but that was a good game. This is like clawing. See, here's the thing, right? Is you're like, that was such a good game, because I was up. I was up six to two. <laughs> and then you're like, it was such a good game because I clawed my way back. But the other game, when you were up six to two, I was like, oh, I gotta play super smart to be able to make this work. And then you're like, nope, I just won. Right? Like, how do you think that makes me feel? Not as awesome as me. Yes, that's exactly how it made me feel. Not as well, awesome as you. I uh, love you. Part of it was I made a mistake. I had an armored server's token, right? So you had to you have to discard a card to break a subroutine or to jack out. And I I used it at the wrong time. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you were able to just be like, oh, I guess I'll just end the run. Now I'll run again. Ha, 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 ha. So that went poorly for me. I was, there was a much better piece of ice to use it on. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Do you want to know what made me feel worse? Than losing? Then, yeah, then, then having lost three of the four games so far. What? Uh, one of the articles in the past couple of weeks, I think it was the one with Craig and Sanjay, but maybe someone else, uh, they were talking about getting people into the game. They're like, oh, you know what's really fun is like after the core set, try Terminal Directive. And like, I like to do that with people if I'm trying to get them into the game. And sometimes um, I'll even go on the runner side to give myself a disadvantage against them. So I have to go easy on them. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's kind of rubbing salt in the wound there. <laughs> But one of the things that's interesting about Terminal Directive is it gives you a lot more to think about. So I would, like, you'd have to be really, really good at, like, having the basics down with that runner if you were just doing it just from the core set or something to jump to Terminal Directive, right? Because, like, thinking about, like, oh, actually, I already did this thing three times, so now I get to do this extra, like, this other thing happens, right? you got all these extra rules that you're playing with, or... You've yeah. Got, yeah. I mean, it's kind of slow. Oh man. Right. We had a game where I kept doing stuff and I had to like open like, like yeah, three I think packets we, or something. There were like three packs of cards. I think two of them were yours and one of them was mine. But like yeah. after you're like, okay, hold on. I gotta make some decisions. I gotta read some stuff. It's gonna take about five minutes. Yeah. And then uh and then I think it was like the next turn I had the same thing happen. And so that's that's a brutal. Yeah. I don't know, I think it's an interesting idea. I think to like have a new player try terminal directive because it is a lot like netrunnery, you know, you're like playing netrunner and it's pretty normal in that sense. But then there's all this like extra stuff. And I would, I'd be afraid that a new person would get confused and be like, is this part of the game or is this part of like, what's actually the netrunner thing? So, I mean, I guess if you were like somewhat familiar with how like regular Netrunner works, then maybe it wouldn't be a big deal, but like, just wouldn't want to overcomplicate something for a new person. Yeah. So the other thing is with Pandemic Legacy, we've been very comfortable going all in and just being like, oh yeah, we're going to rip this up. We're going to put this sticker on, all that kind of stuff. I felt like with Terminal Directive, it's not as like once you played it once, you're super done. And I mean, maybe we won't want to play it a second time, but we wanted to keep that option open, so we have been making photocopies and doing stuff like that to work around it so that we can replay it. Yeah. Because I think there was... Well, you were interested in the other runner, and yeah. I was interested in the other corpse, so... Yeah. Doing some Seder versus Steve going. If you say so. I do. I did. Yeah. So, next section, wanted to have each of us share five cards that we think are super impactful that we're excited about in our decks from Terminal Directive. Ready? Almost. Well, what, you can start on yours if you... All right. So I'll start. And the, with Scorpios, the first card I want to talk about that I thought was 
really handy is Hunter Seeker. So it's a two-cost double operation, and you can only play it if the runner stole an agenda during his or her last turn, and it trashes a card. And so then, you know, you use Scorpio's ability, and you say, that's gone forever now. So that's an especially nice way to get rid of an icebreaker that is just bothering you. Or anything. You just junk stuff all the time. Do you like to get rid of my sure gambles? Well, it's, well, I mean, that's I wouldn't use, you know, that's not for Hunter Seeker. That's just the Scorpio's ability. I'm just saying the Hunter Seeker specifically can just yank something. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Getting a little cranky there. I was only kind of half listening. I was still, I was still <laughs> better than most of our listeners probably gathering my cards. Okay. Okay. Keep going. So the second one, I want to talk about them together, uh, to friends in a server or in related servers, you've got KP Lin, who's an upgrade, which is a nice thing to have three cost to trash, one cost to res. And whenever the runner passes all of the ice protecting this server, take a tag or end the run up to you. Yeah. And that's fun with Mr. Stone. He is also an, an executive, the uh, vice president of retirements and pensions, and whenever the runner takes a, one or more tags, do a meat damage. So that's nice because uh, it can snipe some fun cards out of your hand that you were hoping to play. Yeah. Any thoughts about... I don't like him. He's not my friend. She I can deal with, but you put them together, it's so horrible. Yeah, I enjoy it. And then I want to talk about a couple of uh, money cards. So first of all, IPO is a nice, uh, I would say, like situational upgrade to sure to a hedge fund because you gain pay eight to gain thirteen, so it's a net five, mm-hmm. and you, it can't be the you know yet it's the end of your turn. Right. So it's great because usually you know what the corp needs a lot of money for, resing ice. Ah. So the fact that your turn is over is fine. And then I want to talk about Maryland campaign because Maryland campaign is amazing. Because it pays for itself first turn, unlike Adonis. And if it gets trashed while it's installed, it shuffles back into your deck. And you get this like net of six, right? So like the, the draw and the install is basically like two credits net. So you get like a net of four like, versus the opportunity cost, right? So you two to res, one to draw, one to install. So that's pretty good, but it's just like it's just one more thing for the runner to be like, can I really just can I really leave that there? If I if I do trash, like, what's the point of that? All that kind of stuff. And so it says, when there are no credits left on Maryland campaign, trash it. Correct. And then you've been shuffling it back in. Yep. Because it says, if Maryland is trashed while installed, yep. you may... So unless you grabbed it off of R&D or HQ, um, it's coming right back. Yeah. Lame. She's the robot nanny that keeps on giving. Can I have a robot nanny? You keep trying to get the kids to invent robots to do your... I know! You're such slackers. All right. Are you ready to talk about your five cards? I am now. Okay. Okay, we progressed. Yep. Okay. Well, I kind of was ready. <laughs> you have five cards in front of you. I have five cards. Okay. So one of the things that I like, and they all kind of go together in a way, except for maybe one. Okay. Great setup. Yeah. This is why I don't talk as much, because I trip over my words a lot. Anyway, uh, no, so Ubax, I love that card, because it allows me to draw a card at the beginning of my turn without taking a click for it. Okay. And it's got an extra MU. And the MUs are great, um, which we'll get to in a moment. So um, the other one is uh, Degdeer, which is a program and then I can host a program on it and then the memory cost of that hosted program doesn't count toward my limit. So I like to try to get Adept on it, which is a 2MU, but then it has plus one strength for each unused MU and it works on sentries and barriers, which is pretty great. So those three cards together, so getting the extra MU from Ubax and then not using the MU for adept because a deg deer means that I have extra MU, which instead of filling it up with stuff, I like to have deep data mining, which makes a run on R&D, if successful, access one additional card for each unused MU up to four. So then I can go in there and I can snatch all of his agenda points. Well, your unused MU also gives you more strength on adept. Yep. Because Adept has no way to boost its strength. Right. 
which is kind of stinky, but there are other ways around it that I found. One that I like to do, like I'll use tinkering and stuff like that. Sure. Um, All your shaper shenanigans. I love my shaper cards. Uh, and then the other one that I pulled out that's not actually a shaper card is spear fishing, and it, it's a run event. So you make a run when you encounter the innermost piece of ice protecting the server, bypass it. And I just like that because then I can uh, plan it. There are a few other cards that I've been using that I like, but those are those are my five. All right. So overall, Terminal Directive would recommend? Yeah, it's fun. It's been and like a little bit different, but still Netrunner, you know? Yeah. Do you think that this, this specifically, this um, like extra MU... Direction is fun for shapers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I'm not, normally I'm playing Chaos Theory, who gets an extra MU, you know. I really oh. like to be able to, to pull stuff out or to use that MU in different ways. This is an interesting different way to use it. Some of these cards would be really good with, with her. I also really, you know, not that you ask, but I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like Ayla's um, identity ability, her card ability. That gives me, I get NVRAM. So it says, um, before drawing your starting hand, look at the top six cards of your stack. Set four of them face down as NVRAM and then shuffle the rest into your stack. And then for a click, anytime, I can just take a card from that NVRAM and put it in my grip. Which I really like. And at first, you know, the first time you draw those six cards, you're looking at them. Well, I was looking at them thinking, I have no idea what I'm going to use these things for. Okay. You know? Um, so I put a few different things in there, but I really like having money cards in there because anytime, because those are some, one of the things that, you know, a lot of the time it's like, a, I want to say pinch point, but that doesn't seem right. But it's like, a it's like a bottleneck. For a it. bottleneck. Yeah. It yeah. Like stops you from being able to do what you want to do. So if I can just pull out, you know, a, a sure gamble or whatever, whenever I need it, then, um, that makes it a lot easier to get what I want when I want it, and then I can put stuff. So I really like having the money cards in that NVRAM slot. And then a few other things that might just come in. Like I think at one time I had a tinkering, which was good. And well, That makes a lot of sense. You know, just like little things that can get me a little bit closer that you might not expect. Like putting in uh, an icebreaker isn't usually my first thought. Okay. On those. It's interesting. I hadn't really thought about strategy there. So... Yesterday was the day that Core 2019 was announced. So Project Nisei said, here's the core that we're going to use, and and guess what? You'll never guess. No? Okay, great. Another rotation is happening. What? Do you know what they're rotating out? Terminal Directive. What? Yeah. Isn't it perfect that we started playing that? We're getting our last chance with Terminal Directive huh. before it comes out of rota rotation for play. This is important for a lot of reasons. I was just learning all these new cards. I know. Well, that's it's the point, is that, is that Core 2019 is saving some of them. I hope it's the good ones. Well, we'll talk about that. So today, for this episode, we're going to do the runner cards. Okay. And then we're going to talk about the corp cards next time. Okay. All right. Ready? Yeah, pictures. I do. Yes. You ready? Because I know you're a very visual person. I am. I think we covered that. <laughs> okay, so... First thing about the Core 2019 is it has two IDs per faction. It's got a basic ID and an advanced ID. Okay, and and just to be clear, so it's not like it's limited to these when you play. It's just this is the core. So it's like if you bought a core set, this is what would happen. Right, so to some extent it's like this is supposed to be like a very uh, curated, constructed right. um, experience for a new player. But also, you could imagine, like, I think it'd be fun to have, to host uh, a core-only tournament. Right. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about Anarch. Okay. So, Anarch is keeping Reina Roja. She's good. Yeah. You always seem to be irritated when I build a Reina deck. Well, I am, but that's because she's good. All right. Got a link. The backup runner is Quetzal. I don't know her. She's got bird hair. Yeah. So... Quetzal is a free spirit and standard 4515, and once per turn can break a barrier. Also, worth mentioning, Gmod, so that's legitimate DJ Fenris choice. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Hmm. Alright. Okay, so let's talk about the cards in the core set. Okay. So these are the cards that are rotating in 
that weren't that were in they actually pulled some cards in from the rotated cycles genesis and spin that we never even seen that we don't know what those cards for these are now in the core set so things that you should be thinking about first one queen's gambit it's a double doesn't cost anything you place three right right fair enough yeah clicks are clicks are so valuable place up to three advancement tokens on an unres card in a remote server gain two credits for each advancement token placed you cannot access that card this turn what do you think why would you advance their <laughs> stuff? Well, if you're like, eh, pretty sure that's an NGO front. I'll just put three more tokens on it, and then it doesn't. that's worthless to them. And I will um, gain ten credits. I don't even need to access it. It's fine. How do you gain ten credits? It says you gain two credits for each advancement token. Oh, placed. Placed, you're right. Yes. That would only be worth the six. But then, you know, it's still six. It's pretty good, right? Mm. You could put it on a snare. If you're playing this in a, like, a, it's three three influence. If you're playing this with something like 419, right, where you're getting things exposed all the time, you know which one's safe to do. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem worth it. it doesn't okay. doesn't quite make sense to me. Okay. Second card they're adding as an event is Quest Completed. So this is one of the universe of cards that you need to make a successful run on R&D, HQ, and Archives. And you can access any one non-ice card. So if you've got... Uh, <laughs> really super beefy scoring server, this is a way in. Yeah, that is interesting. Having played Notoriety several times, I feel like it's not like an easy way in. No. You know, there are times when I've just had to toss the Notoriety, like I'm never going to get in (laughs) to one of those servers, so whatever. All right, also added Runamuck. Uh, So this is not from a rotated set. This is from the Moonbat cycle, but... This is now part of the core experience. So you, it's a three-cost run event. So you make a run, and when the run ends, trash a piece of ice that was res during this turn. During this run. During yeah, sure, during the run, right? So you you're basically running and saying and like daring them to res ice. Yeah, I could see that one being interesting, especially if they res something terrible like a toll booth, you know. Well, right. That's presumably they wouldn't, right? Then that's the question: is like if this if this piece of ice would stop them, is it worth it? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And these are the ones we're losing, the events we're losing on the Anarch side. We're losing Demolition Run. Wait, we're losing them? They're Yeah, they're rotating out because they're not in the new core set. So they're in the revised core, but they're not in core 2019. So these are no longer going to be legal for Nisei events. Oh. So, yeah, so I told you, stuff is rotating. This is happening. So, so stuff in the revised core is rotating. I know, there's a sense of loss. Do you want to just like work through how you feel about that in general? I don't know. I mean, you're talking about how many cards there are. Well, I know there are a lot of cards, but I don't know. I just like, oh, look at these cards that are in the corset. And I'm just like, okay. And then they're like, here's one that you actually know. It's going away forever. I mean, it could come back in a future core. So you can't, you just like, it, like, you can't play with it. Not, not in tournaments that are on Nisei rules unless they're in like the snapshot format. Right. So this is not part of the... Just like if we had gotten in during the earlier cycles and then the, and those had rotated out. Yeah. So this is... That's exactly what I'm saying. But you know, you're not crying picture, over... You're not crying over Demolition Run, are you? No, I'm just in general, like, I don't know. Picture is... Rain is kind of exploding out of his head and I feel that's kind right. of like that right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, have you ever played Demolition Run? I played it a couple of times. I think once or twice. And I had a trashy... Trashy deck that was had some Friday chips and point is I don't really miss it. It'll be fine. Card I miss even less. Uh, Singularity four credits and two clicks. two clicks and trash the whole server, trash the whole remote server. Mm. Not not and I don't mean the whole remote server, just the cards in the server. So all the right. ice is still there. Yeah, this card is bad, right? Like if you <clears throat> if there was a uh, if people had like a history of making very very large remotes on a consistent basis where they had like Five upgrades, right? But like, point is that no one builds that because I've upgrades are rare. Played against you on decks like that, and we just talked about two of your cards. <laughs> are pretty terrible. I just said like, two cards, Mr. Right? Stone and okay, KP, KP Lin, yeah, yeah. But the point is that trashing them both is what five credits, and so like if you still have to get into the server, and this is four credits and two clicks. So like, just pay for it, right? Maybe. I mean, who knows what else you have in there. Fair enough. All right. We've got... It's a, going away. It's anyway, going away. So. Yeah, it's going away. I think we I think we won't miss it. 
So taking out oh Spinal Modem. Spinal Modem is a tough card for new players, right? Like, oh, yeah. Really gonna... I don't know why you put that in that teaching deck that we just did. Well, it's because I, I was using someone else's deck. Oh. And, you know, I think it, it teaches you fast about traces and brain damage. They're bringing in into the core set as a replacement for Spinal Modem Patchwork. Patchwork is a good console, right? It's a good basic um, ability. It gives you it gives you one memory, and it does the you know trash a card to reduce the cost of an event or a, a, an install by two. Sure. So I think it seems like a good baseline to work from. That seems fine. Um, they're getting rid of Darwin. Oh, I won't be able to hear your whale noise. I was so sad when I heard about this. I was sitting uh, earlier and trying to make a deck and I was going to call it instead of the last hurrah, the last. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to miss Darwin. I never used it. I was building this deck. Let me tell you a story about this. So I was building this deck. I was like, okay, so Darwin, you know, the problem is getting the, the virus tokens on him. So if I supported him with virus breeding grounds and contaminate and Takobi. And Data Sucker, right? Like, because Takobi, that doesn't go away when you purge. The Takobi counters are the power counters. So I was like, this will be great. And then I'm like, well, except there's like Swordsman, that's in the course. <laughs> there's Wraparound, also in the course. I, nope, I still can't build a deck around Darwin as much as I want to. No. So I, I built the deck. It's legal. Um, I don't think it's worth playing. I am so sad because I want to love Darwin, but unfortunately, much like our own beloved Pacific Northwest orcas, critically endangered, most likely going to go extinct real soon. So that was sad. That was sad. Darwin, not so much. <laughs> I'm sad about Darwin. <laughs> bringing in, uh, uh, bringing in Corroder as a fractor. So this is a little basic fractor. So it's two credits, one memory, two strength, one credit to boost strength, one credit to break a barrier. Oh, Seventeen. That's, nice. that's a good card. Yeah, what was I was using something. So Morningstar is what they kicked out. I do like Morningstar, but it's really expensive. I always have like Morningstar and... Uh, Battering Ram. No, other, No, no, okay. No. That is one, but I tried to avoid it. Okay, definitely. fair enough. Anyway, okay, anyway. So, but Morningstar also has fixed strength, so you got to be really careful with it. Right, no, that other one sounds like a Kroder's good great. starter. Seems, seems yeah. awesome. So they're adding uh, Lamprey. All so right. this is a one cost, one memory virus. Whenever you make a successful run on HQ, the corp loses a credit and it gets trashed. The corp purges. Okay. So that's fun because it, it makes um, it, it makes it, you know, something that pressures HQ pushes towards a purge. Right. So you don't want to play this with a bunch of other viruses. You can pull it into a criminal deck. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, if this is like your only virus, that would be fantastic because it would be kind of a, a crummy reason to have to purge. purge, right? And they're getting rid of hemorrhage. So hemorrhage also was a different kind of HQ pressure where you didn't have to run HQ, but you could just make successful runs and then make them trash cards. But again, it was the corp that trashed it. Like they get to control. So um, I had hemorrhage in a couple of decks, not feeling great about it. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, Anarch, what do you think? Stronger? I don't know. I don't play Anarch, so it's hard to say. I feel like adding Corroder, adding Patchwork. Corroder's good, yeah. Instead of Spinal Modem. Definitely. Yeah, I think I think Anarch is stronger from this. So, okay. Those cards that we just talked about, like, are those the only... No, that was just the changes. Oh, so so you start with the core set. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. So starting from the core set, that's revised what we added. Corset. Revised core set. That's what we added. That's what we removed. Yes. Okay. Sorry I wasn't clearer about that. That's okay. I'm just trying to wrap my head around all Let's this. talk Criminal. So criminal, your basic idea is Gabriel Santiago, the silver fox. I think he's fine. He's good, good beginner. I I like. I felt bad. We had the opportunity to teach someone how to play Netrunner this past week, mm-hmm. and they're playing the Gabe deck that I built. And first turn, I like a jerk put a toll booth on <laughs> HQ. <laughs> I felt really bad about it afterwards. It was like, oh, this person's never gonna like understand the ability that Gabe has, but on the other hand... He kept running it and getting the two credits. Right. Found things like... Well, uh, well so what happened was, first of all... Found. So here... no, Yeah, so what happened was there was an inside job. Yeah. So we got the credits then. 
then he played emergency shutdown and yeah. it, and then he got a fem out and with and so he's like oh yeah go ahead and res anytime you want i was like oh that's no longer a good deal for me so that was actually super was solid. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So don't be All right. get yourself up. The advanced ID for criminals is Leela. Okay. So she's a standard uh, zero link 4515. And whenever an agenda is scored or stolen, add an unrest card to HQ. I got to say, of all the identities that I know about that we haven't played yet because we haven't opened the cards, Leela, I think, is my the one I'm most excited about. Really? Yeah. Think about it, right? So, like, if you don't run... All the ice is unresed. Right. So. I mean, I can see that you can kind of. Lots of shenanigans, right? Where you're just like, yeah. like they, they score an agenda. You bounce a piece of ice off of HQ, right? That was guarding it. That, And then you can get in easier and then like steal an agenda from HQ. And then you bounce other pieces of ice. Right? And like, you just like kind of, she's a boxer, you know, you got to punch where they're not looking. Oh, I, I'm sorry. Well, I was thinking about it from, like, the corpse perspective, and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. But now it makes sense. It's good. It's fine. But you can see that she's kind of, she's definitely more advanced. Definitely harder to oh, yeah. to play, I think. All right. It should be good if you had some, like, expose. Sure. That makes sense. Right. So, we're losing Steve Cambridge. He's rotating out. Okay. Because he's in Terminal Directive. I was going to say. Yeah. So, goodbye, Steve. We actually never played with you yet. Someday, though. Got kind of a Keanu Reeves thing going on. Thanks. You're okay. welcome. So we are, here's the events that we're gaining. We're gaining career fair, zero cost event, install a resource from your grip, lowering the install cost by three. So it's a, mo- like a modded for, uh, for, re- for resources. Yeah. yeah. Yep, exactly. And it's in criminal. So that's cool. You can do that with your um, liberated accounts. Absolutely. It's only one influence. Yeah. It's a good card. Hostage. Uh, this is um, Director Haas from Haas Bioroid, and that's her disappointment of a son, Thomas, who's being held hostage. Oh. So it's a double. Costs one. Seems to be crossing his finger. Yes. It's a good catch on that. He's not He's not particularly... This is why, This is part of why he's a disappointment. Is this, like, is this card and the other advanced... Reina ID from like the same. The advanced Reina? No, red. Orange? The. Orange. What? The advanced Anarch ID? Yeah, which is red. Anarch is red? Anarch is red. Okay, I think of them as orange. It's fine. Yeah, okay. And Weigh in on that old. because we have some <clears throat> color uh, disputes. We. There are some things that we disagree about the color of. But it's red. Okay, we're done. You know, like yeah, like Reina Roja. What? Quick question. Okay. What color anyway. is Jinteki? Red. But, the, but they're not the same color. Is there only like one? I'm just saying they're very, they're like, they're different colors. You put them next to each other. I've never put them next to each other. Okay. We can experiment with that. All right. But they're red. Both of them. What was your question? I was just saying it looks like it's from like the same. What's the Matt Zellinger art? Oh, maybe he just likes feathers. Oh. Could be. Um, so yeah, you get any connection and you can install it. So your connections would be, you know, any of the folks that help you, regular people. Also connections are the kinds of things that could get hit by a bus. Well, that's true, (laughs) but, uh, I can't think of the Mr. Lee is connection. Yeah, I've got no, bad news for Mr. Lee later. You'll find out about that. Yeah, it looks like that. Don't look ahead. I'm trying not to, <laughs> but it's like right in front of me. Just look here. Ah. All right. I'm very Thoughts about person. You have good connections. Yeah. You're excited about finding. Well, I was trying to think about the stupid connection that's in my brain. What is it? You have do? two link, then you get a. Oh, underworld contacts. Yeah, that's a connection. <clears throat> yeah, let's talk about that one too. Oh gosh. <laughs> Legwork. Two cost event. The run event, make a run on HQ if it's successful, access two additional cards. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, it's like a maker's eye. I like that. More maker's eyes in my life. I don't like the look that you're giving me. <laughs> I'm concerned about this legwork. Yeah, I mean it's it's too influence if you're not if you're gonna be playing those those shaper decks. Yeah, I can handle that. Alright. I love my shaper cards, so I'm usually I have a lot of room for my influence. Oh, I have to find room for corroder. <laughs> Also, networking. 
So it's a zero cost event, remove a tag, and you can pay a credit to put it back in your grip. I would have put this card back in your grip. Yeah. So if you had four tags, for example, you could say networking, back, networking, back. You get all of four tags taken care of for four credits and four clicks. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's fun. And added to the the list is uh, spearfishing. Woohoo! <laughs> I like that card. Yeah. There's three influence, which is lame, but... And it's a great card against, you know, T, Wakundu, because... If you skip that last piece of ice and they choose to install another one, then you skip oh, that last right, piece right. of ice again. Just keep skipping ice. Yeah. All right. Stone on a pond. Taken out of the uh, the new core is Forge Activation Orders. Oh, I like that card. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of, um, it really kind of put you down the like this tunnel, right, of saying like, okay, how can I find the biggest, nastiest piece of ice and then get an emergency shot down and then a Forge Activation Orders to make it break? Right. I guess. I just felt like that's. I felt like the core was really kind of putting you um, on rails to do that. But I, I mean, I, I can see that. That's more you. I'm like. To some extent, it's almost like an expose, right? Only you get a little bit better because you make them spend, choose to commit the resources now, right? Yeah. So this one, I think, you know, this one I don't miss I like at it. Darwin levels, but maybe we have to work around not having it. Uh, we're adding Paragon. The console, right? So you get three credits for a memory, and then that first time you make a successful run each turn, you gain a credit, and then and then can peek at the top card and put it on the bottom if you want. We're losing Doppelganger. I like Doppelganger. Just three costs plus one memory. So that's the same, except you get this extra run time. Which I love. It helps set you up for things like quest completed or notoriety. Because right? yeah. it makes it, you get an extra click to do this stuff. Right. Nice. But like, how often the extra run... Like if you had to trade that extra run, if you I know, but here's the question: If you could make a run um, and then decide, would you rather have one extra free run, or would you rather have a credit and the chance to peek at a card and and bottom it if it's not helpful? Which would you pick? It's like if you've already made the run, you might have done your running for the turn, unless you're like a very aggressive criminal, right? Yeah, I suppose. Okay, so I want to tell you something. I need you to brace yourself emotionally. Okay. You're losing Aurora. Uh, <laughs> you like that one as much as you like Darwin? Cause... I know. Here's the thing about Aurora. So Aurora, it makes me feel bad every time I play it. Right? Like I played core set decks and you have Aurora in your deck and you're like, okay, I got this card down. Now I need to break this piece of ice. Oh my gosh. How can it be so expensive? Like, okay, I paid three three credits for this, piece, for this, for this icebreaker. I need to break wall of static. Four credits. This is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, is that Aurora is one of the very few cards that I've ever put in a deck where I'm like, I feel bad every time I see it. All right, well, let's do your practice. Oh, okay. We're getting Damara. Okay. So Damara is four cost, one memory, one strength, two credits for plus three strength, two credits for two barrier subroutines. So it's already, like, better numbers. So it's No, it's not. Well, okay, it's the same numbers for like Wall, wall of static. static. No, it's... It's more expensive because you paid four to install instead of three to install okay, it. Okay, so it's slightly worse just for that one use case. But the point is that if you have, if you need to break two subroutines, then that's nice. Also, it's got the, the trash ability where you can trash to just bypass a barrier. That's kind of cool. Though. Yeah, I feel like this is an upgrade. Maybe not a huge one. Okay. Just putting We're losing Peacock. Okay. I didn't feel bad when I played Peacock, but... I would try to play other things, like Gordian Blade. Yeah, Gordian Blade all the way. It's a lot of influence. I don't know if you knew that. It's three influence. Nope. Oh, you never pay that influence, do you? Nope. Okay. You should start branching out. We're getting you keep saying. We're getting Abagnale instead. So Abagnale is uh, four credits, one memory, two strength. Two credits for plus two strength, one credit to break code gate. So it's just like the other one, because you can do the trashing thing. Yep. And we are also losing pheromones. I had this in a couple of game decks. It would make running HQ cheaper. And yeah. then it would, you know, they'd eventually purge. And then you get a whole free turn. Yeah. So it was fine. Yeah. It's too bad. Miss you pheromones. All right. This is something we're adding. These are the resources. So we're adding data dealer. You can drop an agenda and a credit to gain, or and a click to gain nine credits. So if you've got some negative one point agendas, 
or some zero point agendas. This seems like a really good use of your click. Right. Yeah. So I uh, want to see how many, like, you know, the, the small agenda sports medals and something like they were super competitive. I haven't heard about them winning any tournaments. Usually the sports medals that win are, are just like really fast sports medals. Yeah. Anyway. So, but if that kind of stuff happened, this would be really good. Yeah, it's fine. We're losing craft space. <gasps> no! Bad! But you got networking. Don't you think networking is better than craft space? Well, I was thinking about it. Yeah. And like, yeah, if you can hang on to it. Sure. You feel like crash space has a little bit more stick to You're like, okay, I'm going to like manage the tags and there's not a whole lot that they can do to get rid of your crash space. But like, if they give you tags on your turn though, then they can just trash it or on their turn, right? The corp use tags on their turn. Well, yeah, I suppose, but still like crash space also had the trash to prevent three meat damage. Oh man, crash space. I felt like crash space was slow. Like I feel like playing Liza with crash space, I'd always kind of just work out even. Whereas I feel like with networking, it might work out better. I'm willing to try it. Yeah, I mean, it could be. Losing Fall Guy. Oh, I never really did anything with him. Fair enough. Okay. I I used Fall Guy in a couple of Liza decks when I'd be like, oops, I accidentally carried a tag. And they're like, well, I'd like to crash, trash the crash space. I'm like, well, you can't. That's what Fall Guy is for. But yeah, I don't miss him too much. It'll be fine. Mr. Lee? I like Mr. Lee. It's a good way to search through your cards. Yeah. And then I guess, like, if you're going to swap it out for that the other console, then maybe it's not as big of a Was it the console? Sure, Paragon, yeah, the console. Yeah, so, that's a good point. But, that's a good reason to get rid of them. All right. Are you ready? I know this was just something that you were put up with, so you could talk about Shaper. Uh, yes. So, base ID is Chaos Theory. I love it. What do you love about Chaos Theory? Simple. I like the extra MU. Like I said, do you before, like the small deck? Is that big? The small deck is nice because then you can get through it. But I just, yeah, and I, I like the extra MU. I like not having to like worry or stress out about like whether I'm gonna have enough slots for everything. Okay, it's just it's good. And the advanced ID is Kit. Okay, she's a transhuman. She's transcending her humanity by uh, transforming herself cybernetically. Oh, yeah. So she's 4510. She only has 10 influence. And the first piece of ice you encounter each turn gains code gate until the end of the run. Put in those Gordian blades. Or in Golo, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because then the first one's a code gate. The second one can be a code gate. Maybe the third one already was a code gate. And then you're done. Yeah. Done with the run. All right. So that, that well, one's... In Golo, it doesn't have to be the second one. It can be... That's right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. Right. First yeah. one's a code gate. Second one might already be a code gate. You just need one breaker. Just maybe have two Angolos. <laughs> Alright, so we're losing Ayla. That's a bummer. I really like the Envy Ram thing. Just getting used to her. Yeah, but I would imagine if I had a choice between her and Chaos Theory, I'd still pick Chaos Theory. So. Okay. Let's talk events. Um, losing indexing. I'm a little sad, but not as sad. I haven't used it as much lately. Okay. I feel like if I'm going to get in there... There's so many times when I'm like, okay, I'm going to get in on R&D, and then I'm going to do this indexing thing. And then, oh, and then, but, like, if I can do Maker's Eye, and you said there was another one. I can't remember what it was called, but it was... Legwork? Like, yeah. Yeah, that's the HQ one. Yeah. So we're talking about Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like, if you can do some of that and pull in some... I guess I can't pull in my terminal directive card that I like. Sad face. Okay. So I do want to talk about pizza hardware because we're losing indexing but gaining R&D interface. So it's a four-cost piece of hardware. Whenever you access cards from R&D, access an additional card. So that's a legit access. It's not like make one run, get two accesses instead of make one run and get to arrange them so that the next time you make a run. Yeah. Yeah. You spend all your money getting in on indexing, then it's like, well, bummer. Maybe they've got an Atlas token and just reshuffle it anyway. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I used to love indexing, but I haven't really used it as much lately. Hmm. Didn't expect that. I like to keep you on your toes. Apparently. So, so uh, you closed the rabbit hole. Yeah, we're losing rabbit hole. Uh, I use that sometimes. Sure. Okay. And gaining uh, Akamatsu Memchip. So it's one credit hardware plus one memory. Oh, well, that's easy. Yeah. Got a big rig. 
So help you fit it in there. Yeah. Also losing personal touch. I don't really use that one either. Yeah. Just okay. extra stuff. Okay. And what? There is one. There's a Gerber Selassie. Yeah. So yeah. If, I like that one a little bit better than personal touch because you can move it around if you need to. Sure. It doesn't actually give you strength. It just lets you keep it for the whole run. Right. That's true. Yep. But. So this is personal touch is a little bit of boost um, that might be especially helpful for fixed strength breakers or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, but fair enough. Moving away from fixed strength breakers anyway, this set, right, with Morning Star right. rotating out. Here are some resources that are going to go. All-nighter. Did you ever play this card? Nope. <laughs> you can draw it for a click, install it for a click, and then for a click, you can gain two clicks. <laughs> Math's not great, unless you have some kind of big, yeah, tricky yeah. combo turn that you're trying to set up. Sacrificial Construct. <gasps> no! I like that one! You're always trying to mess with my rig! You're making quite the pouty face. <laughs> I like Satcon. All right, well, you have to learn a little bit about it. Such a good card. All right, gaining... These are resources now. Ice Analyzer. So you can install programs, cost zero, using credits that you gain one per time that they res a piece of ice. So you get this early, get a couple yeah. of them down. Could be good. But like you said, you have to get it early. And then, you know, especially... And if you're playing a Chaos Theory deck where you... Have 40 cards instead of 45. I don't know if I'd want to put in a ton of them and take up a lot of space for something that you would only play in the first part of the game. Yeah. So gaining professional contacts. So five cost resource. It's connection, so your contacts can also get hit by a bus. But uh, you can take a click and gain a credit and draw a card. Why choose from the basic action card when you can get them both? That's nice. And it's irrelevant because they're banning Magnum Opus. No! I set this up in perfect order for dramatic effect. See that? <laughs> oh, poop sandwich. Magnum Opus is a crutch. Ah, hush. Think You're about sad think about that I like pull do. Magnum Opus out, and then I always have money to like get in wherever you want me to stay out. Like, don't even, don't even. Oh, it's a crutch. No, that's that's garbage. Just imagine what you're gonna do with the two extra memory. Punch you in the spleen. Is there a card that does that? You were able to do that before we found Netrunner. I don't know why you're <laughs> waiting for the card. All right. So here are the, the programs that you're gaining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't want to hear it anymore. Atman. So it's a three-cost, one-credit AI. When you install, you pay X credits, and that's her strength. So you set her strength once. And uh, it's just it has to be exactly equal. So she's she's like... If you've got ice that's like a specific strength that bothers you, right? Like you can imagine, um, for example, someone who has Tollbooth and Anansi. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to install Admin at 5. You can have a couple of Admins, right? You can have one at 3 and one at 5. You're making a face. It's not very exciting to me. But this is this it's is the Darwin replacement. Is it, better than, is it better than Darwin? <laughs> I guess. But Darwin wasn't very good in the first place. I could see I could see doing this, right? Like having like a really solid... So imagine also running Atman with Data Sucker, right? Why? Because power a, counters. No, listen to this though, right? Because if you have a three power counter Atman and you have a Data Sucker, then you're like, oh, that that piece of ice is three strength because I just use a Data Sucker counter. Yeah, maybe. Fill up my MU. Garbage doesn't give me money. <laughs> also, uh, here's another piece of garbage MU taker for you. Deus, three credits, and uh, you can trash it to either break any number of AP subroutines. What's an AP subroutine? Well, you know, AP is an ice subtype, so AP stands for anti-personnel. Okay, I don't... What's so it, what basically, AP? AP ice is ice that does something mean to you. So one example is... A Nazi is a like, perfect example of AP ice. Oh. I don't know that I have any... APIs in my terminal directive deck that I have out here, but it's things like a non It's usually like cards that give you specifically like that do net damage, right? Eh. It's ten strength, so you don't have to worry about it not working. Yeah. No. 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 Okay. All right. So last, I want to talk about nothing is exciting. Neutral cards. Oh, Dirty laundry. Heavens. Dirty laundry's added now to the core set. So you, two costs make a run. If it's successful, you gain five credits. 
So like if you're like, oh boy, I'd like to check what that what you can run archives or something. You could, well, you could run archives, right? If you wanted to check what was in archives, mm -hmm. you could also just run a remote and be like, I wanted to see what that is. Maybe it's an NGO front. And if it is, I won't be super sad because I'll get some money at least, right? It's a nice way to make money and encourage running, right? So I think that's nice. We're losing infiltration. Hmm. I think infiltration is a better card than the one we got instead. Then Dirty Laundry? Yeah. Dirty Laundry is a great card. Okay. You make money by running. What? You Net should have runner. told me about Magnum Opus until the very, very, very end, because now everything sucks. <laughs> Such a grump. I had one card that I really, really liked, and they're like, Ugh. All right. Ugh. Losing Dyson? Well, I guess. You got the Akamatsu instead, right? Only Shapers don't have to pay influence for that. What? I don't know. Akamatsu is the one credit for one memory. Yeah, the, I mean, the nice thing about Dyson is you get the link. Yeah, so we're losing Underworld Contact. So that's interesting because... Because now we're making it so that the runner has no money ever. Well, and slow down. No money. Yeah. There's dirty laundry. There's that's professional three contacts. Three credits. After you make a run, that you hope that you don't spend three credits, like, breaking the ice to get into the run. And you don't get it until afterwards. So if there's something in the server that you want to trash, there's nothing you can do about it if you don't have enough money. So, like... I'm not very impressed by Dirty Laundry. Okay, all right. There's professional contacts, right? You can, instead of just drawing cards, every time you draw a card, you gain a credit as a side bonus. No? Okay. All right, so, but it's interesting because Rabbit Hole's gone, uh -huh. um, and Dyson's gone, and Maxwell James from Terminal Directive is rotating out. He's just like a one credit for plus one link resource that also does other stuff. So, like... So like there's something going on, right? Where you're <clears throat> where we're actually losing all the link options. Yeah. And so the question is, what are they doing with this? What are they gonna build towards? So it doesn't make sense for underworld contact to be in the core set anyway with what they're doing. Well, right, but like I just feel like it's weakening runners. Be interesting to see where this is going. Yeah. So here's some cards you were gaming. So there's Earthrise Hotel, four cost resource, place three power counters on it when it's installed. And when your turn begins, you draw two cards. So for the next three turns, you get two free cards at the beginning of your turn. Okay. Thoughts? No. I mean, I don't... So it, it accelerates you, you know? Yes. Unlike Mr. Lee, you don't have to use a click, and you yep. get to keep both of the cards. Yep. Yeah, it's like a supercharged Mr. Lee. But Mr. Lee is not limited to three. Sure. Man, I think it was cheaper. It was like two credits. Right, Mr. Lee is a little bit cheaper. John Masanori, he's a connection. Watch out. You could hostage for him. So... Successful run, draw a card. Unsuccessful run, take a tag. Lame. <laughs> Especially once they got rid of, like, Just don't crash miss. face. Okay. Also getting Caddy Jones. Look, there's your runner econ right there. So it's only two costs and doesn't take up any MU. You can only use your once per turn for a click. You can put three credits on her. For a click, you can take all the credits from her. So hope that you never, ever get tagged. You put quite an investment on her, and then... Well, I mean, like, it's up to you how much like, you get an investment, right? So you could put, like, you can do it for two turns, and then you get six credits off of her. You do it for ten turns, and then then you are kind of playing with fire, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even with two, I mean, so, like, compare it again to Magnum Opus, right? You're still, like, using two clicks to get three credits, if you did it every turn, let's say. Well, if you, I mean, you couldn't, you like, you're alternating turns, right? One turn you're putting it on, one turn you're taking it off. Oh. Right, that's... that's. So you wouldn't want to do that. You'd want to build up a couple. Because three clicks for six credits is the same as Mega Mopas. Except she's cheaper to install and doesn't take up any memory. Yeah, and she gets dumped the minute you get a tag. Maybe. All right, so I just also wanted to put a list up of all the Terminal Directive Shaper cards, like, uh, you know, that are getting rotated out, or like anything that wasn't in that list. So Ubex, Ubex yeah, yeah. Adept Savant... No, I know all the ones that you've been asking me to like pick out my favorite are getting okay. rotated out, so I'm not really sure. Project Nisei is their first move. This is their first move to change the competitive scene. Uh, you seem to have some mixed feelings about it on the runner side. So I far. think it's pretty lame. You know, and part of it is I'm not familiar with these cards. And like, I don't know what the, like, if we're going to do this Netjamin butt runner thing, then how are we going to make this work? Because I'm not going to play it on Jinteki. And so, like, I don't understand. I don't know. I don't, I'm not excited about it. I don't think this is fun at all. I'm grumpy. Wow. Okay. I think it'll be fun. What I think, I think it'll be fun. We can have a tournament. It'll be fun. It's just the, 
The new core. Well, we can't because we don't have those cards. Well, we just print them out. Proxies are legal at all Project Nisei events. I don't know. I'm not excited. We keep playing Terminal Directive, and it'll be bittersweet now because I can't have any of my great cards. Well. Bittersweet. Okay, so that's neat. This is this is a pro Netrunner podcast, generally. Um, well, maybe you should be more respectful of things that I care about. You could always, you know, be part of Project Nisei and help out with the decisions that are made and tell people you're like, listen, rule number one for Netrunner, magnum opus is in. Rule number two, see rule number one. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, magnum opus was already limited. You know, so I got it. <laughs> it. Seems like it's not fine. No. Okay, last thing I want to talk about. Oh gosh, there's more. Well, I think we need a catchphrase. Oh goodness. Don't you think? We need something that like people can say and then they'll know that we're they're talking about our cool podcast. They can't unpack the planet, so don't even try. They can't unpack the because then people wouldn't know if they're talking about our podcast or if they're talking about that movie that I just forgot the name of. It's pretty easy because it's called Hackers. <laughs> yeah. And that movie was amazing. Uh, our catchphrase could be Magnum Opus is the best. Let's this is put that opus. in the maybe pile. Well, I think a catchphrase is totally nerderific. So. I mean, there's like a podcast in Netrunner and there's a catchphrase for it. We'll talk about it later. All right. Thanks for making it to the end of uh, the second episode of Kitchen Table Netrunner. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can catch us on Slack. I'm LSTM, and I'm also LSTM on Jinteki.net. And uh, you have a Jinteki account too, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. But again... Don't like playing on Jinteki, so you will not find me there. I will, I will, I think I'm going to try it really hard to change your mind. I think we can do this. Unlikely. Okay. So if you ever do see Cone 11 on Jinteki.net, say hi. And uh, it's a pottery thing. Which, yeah. you know, my choices were play on Jinteki or do pottery. I'll pick the pottery thing. So you can play on Jinteki. Noted. Also, feel free to drop us a line. Uh, just email us at kitchentablenetrunner at gmail.com. Anything else you'd like to say to our loyal listeners? I'm going to try this new revised set. You already said that. Set. I'm still working on convincing myself. <laughs> okay. Well, until then, catchphrase. <laughs> Bye. Nerdific. <laughs> it's just a placeholder. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Bye, guys. That's how they're going to know. Are you going to say goodbye or what? Goodbye! I had to get back in the character. <laughs> character, someone who's good at net running. <laughs> I already know the truth. <laughs>